I extend greetings to you this morning in Jesus' name, the one who said, without me, ye can do nothing. Think about that for a minute this morning. Without me, ye can do nothing. How much is nothing? The title of my meditation this morning is, Where is Our Strength? And that's a question I ask myself, it's a question I ask you, I'd like you to ask yourself this morning, where is our strength? I was listening for the preschool class this morning to sing Jesus Loves Me, and they didn't, but uh, as I think about that, uh, at least that I heard, uh, I'm getting older so maybe my hearing isn't what it ought to be either, but uh, you know in that little children's song, uh, talks about Jesus loving us and it says we are, he, we are weak and he is strong. And, uh, it's such a profound, basic elementary truth that we sometimes, I think, don't get a hold of it. That we're singing about someone who is strong and we are weak and we need that strength. Part of the, a health assessment, especially as, as I've encountered as I get older, one of the questions that is typically asked as you're being evaluated, they, they ask you whether you're able to do all the activities you used to do. Now, that's kind of a loaded question, really, in my mind. I used to always just say, yeah, sure, I'm good. But, you know, in all honesty, can I always do everything I always did? And, uh, you know, in reality, as you think of strength, as we get older, our, our strength, our physical strength declines. This morning, we want to primarily focus on our spiritual strength and our connection to that source of all power, although I believe God can give to us the necessary physical strength that he calls us to. And Several weeks back, I have a daily verse that comes to my phone, and I always look at that verse and turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40. That's where my text is taken from. Isaiah 40, they're familiar verses. These verses were in, in my, in the daily reading that was sent to, uh, for my daily verses. And, uh, Isaiah 40, I want to begin reading at, uh, verse 28. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not? Neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait or hope upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint." The verse that actually, uh, if you look at uh, verse 29 particularly, is what I want to focus in on. It says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increases strength. I think the NIV words it that He giveth strength. And uh, as I was meditating on that, and I this was several weeks back when I was reading, received these verses and was meditating on it and thinking about it, and... Uh, then lo and behold, I don't know how the, I'm not sure how these verses are selected. If it's computer generated or spirit generated, I'm not sure. But actually, these verses showed up yesterday again in my daily reading. So I'm like, wow, this is uh, I really need this. And uh, as I thought about God giving us strength, you know, it's nice to read, but how in practicality does that 
actually come about. That's what I want to focus on this morning. How does God give us his strength? How do we access, how do we source that power? I don't think there's anyone sitting here this morning that would would uh, uh, contest the fact or contest the thought that God is all-powerful and has strength way above anything that man can fabricate. I was thinking about probably the most powerful uh, force uh, that man generated, that of atomic power. And, you know, to God, that's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. And, uh, you know, men fear atomic power, and we use it as threats between each other at times, uh, nations particularly. And, uh, but you know, to God, that's, that's, that, that's a small thing. Atomic power. And, and to man, that's, and it is, it is phenomenal if you stop and think of, of what it can do. It is, it's devastating. It's, it's, it's unreal. And, uh, of course they have done some good with atomic power in the medicine world and such like, but, uh, generally we think of it in a negative sense as destruction, but, uh, atomic power does generating electric, uh, can, uh, be done in a very, very practical way too. The first point that I, I want to draw your attention to, there's five things here in this scripture text that I see that, that are keys to sourcing uh, God's strength. And the first one is is the idea of, of knowing. Notice in verse 28, hast thou not known? If you back up to verse 21, and I didn't read verse, verse 21, but it says, have ye not known? Have ye not heard? We need to know God. We need to, that's the first step that we need to take in, in knowing, sourcing the strength that God wants to give to us. We need to have a relationship connecting to the source of that strength. Now in that, in that connection also is included the element of faith. We need to have faith in God. We need to realize that we know who He is. We need to know about Him. We need to, and we need to trust that He is all powerful. As we know something, it grows into knowledge, and it uh, it, it it progresses into uh, uh, intellect, and we we be, we we frame our actions and uh, attitudes around that knowledge, um, and we use it, uh, especially as we think of in the spiritual strength. It's directly tied to how well I know God and what His will is for my life. And I thought of the verses in First Peter, as we look at the New Testament. Uh, Scripture here in First Peter chapter uh, one. There's a uh, equation there in First Peter chapter one verse eighteen. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed, notice that word "no." For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So we know that God has redeemed us. We know that God has an interest in us. And he wants to, he wants to translate his strength to us to live the Christian life. And uh, I'm going to read just the rest of those verses down through the end of the chapter there. Uh, verse 20, Who verily was foreordained before the foundations of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Notice the, the, the intimate connection between God and, and us and what he has done for us, for you this morning. Who by him do believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith, notice the faith there, and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth. Talk about fleshing it out. 
We, we live in obedience to the truth through the Spirit unto the unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a fervent, with a pure heart fervently, being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And I'll stop reading there. Now that's the no aspect. If you drop down to chapter 2, verse 2, it talks about the growing aspect. So as we know God, we then grow in Him, and we, by faith, are, uh, are living a life of obedience to Him. And it mentions what we talked about in the devotional, that of uh, showing love for the brethren. But notice in chapter 2, verse 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. So as we know, we begin to exercise and we begin to grow. And then there's also the idea of, of showing. There's It's it's also, uh, if you drop down to ch- uh, verse 9 there in chapter 2, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what I'm talking about, knowing God this morning. We need to know him. We need to grow in him. We need to show him in our daily walk and action of life. The number one key to sourcing God's strength is knowing about him and then growing in him, developing a relationship, and then living in obedience and showing it to the world around us. Talking about strength, spiritual strength, particularly. Yeah, I thought I thought about strength. There's physical strength. There's mental and emotional strength. There's uh, and then there's spiritual strength. And the three of them are at times all tied together. But primarily, I'm talking here of spiritual strength this morning. The second, coming back to our text there, and I say in chapter forty, the second key that I see in in sourcing God's strength is in, is in verse thirty one. Notice that it says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, waiting is not something that we probably, we don't often do well. Our culture is counterintuitive to waiting. We, we don't, we want it now, we want it in our time, we want it on our terms and we want it now. Uh, but as we think of waiting on the Lord, I believe God dispenses His strength in proportion to the task that He calls us to do. And uh, waiting also does not mean idleness, doing absolutely nothing, just simply waiting. And that's maybe why we why we sometimes chafe under the idea of waiting, because we think it's wasted time. But waiting, as we think of waiting on the Lord, is not wasted time. It's it's allowing God, allowing our lives to be blended and and synchronized into God's time frame. There may be things in our life that we do not see. There may be things in our surrounding, in our circumspect, that we do not understand and see. We'll never go wrong, and I'll guarantee you this, you'll never go wrong by waiting on the Lord. That's an absolute truth in the scripture. They that wait or hope upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings. And this is, this is something that crosses even this young, this bench of young men on the front row here. You know, it says even the young men are going to get weary and, and waterly fall. Uh, life is bigger than you this morning. Realize that. And no, regardless what stage of life you're at, we need the strength of the Lord to empower us to live and walk the Christian life. I had to think of, of the example of Gideon in Judges chapter 7. The story is, is a Bible uh, favorite to many of us, and we know the story of as Gideon was called there. He said he was the least of, 
of his tribe there, and, and God said, I tapped him on the shoulder. He said, I've got a job for you. I've got a task for you to do. And uh, if you look at the numbers and the statistics there, he started out with 32,000, and then God, and, you know, that was even, in, in, you know, from my perspective, I thought that was probably a stretch for the battle, the conflict, 32,000. And then God said, no, it's got to be less than that, 22,000. So God cut the number down to 22,000 soldiers to go out and win the battle. And then he went down to 10,000, and then from 10,000 down to 300. Is our strength in numbers this morning? You know, as, as human beings, we tend to calculate, okay, what are the odds here? But you know, when we're doing it God's way, when we're doing it in God's time frame, the numbers really are insignificant. It's, if God is, is, if it's God's doing it in God's way, in God's timing. But it was a challenge to me as I looked at that example of Gideon, faithful man of God in the Old Testament there in Judges chapter 7. You can read it. Uh, read it. It's, it's challenging. You know, is our strength in the numbers? Is my, do I base my strength on the checkbook balance? Do I base my strength on the membership enrollment of my church? Uh, or what about the number of years that I have lived? Three score years and ten, the psalmist says, I believe. God does not, is not indebted to us with any type of numbers or years. Paul's testimony, we were in Philippians this morning in the, uh, I'd like to just read Philippians chapter 4, uh, Paul's testimony out of uh, Philippians uh, chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, the subtitle that I have penned in here from, I believe it was Ernest, Ernest Whitmer many years ago, had meetings here. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 is a secure mind. And uh, Paul here is uh, talking, uh, begin breaking here, reading at uh, verse 4, pardon me, verse 10, chapter 4. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Talk about being content in what God has, things that God has brought into our life. I know both how to be abased and how to abound everywhere in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notice what Paul's testimony, he says, I can do all things. That's quite a, quite a mouthful. But Paul realizes his connection to his strength, to the source of his strength. It was God. It was not himself. He's, he's giving the glory to God. Verse 14, Notwithstanding ye have well done, that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound, and I'm full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God." But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I'll stop reading there. But there we have the Paul's testimony.
of uh, uh, recognizing his connection for his strength to the Lord. Wanted to mention some other thoughts back further there in chapter four, verse seven. God, uh, Paul mentions, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And uh, verse nine talks about the God of peace, and then verse thirteen talks about uh, what Paul's testimony there. I do accept all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Isaiah chapter 33 verse 2 talks about daily strength for the, for the task that God has entrusted to us. We have waited for thee. Be our arm every morning is what Isaiah says. We have waited for thee. Be our arm every morning. Do you realize, do you recognize God as your arm this morning? You know, to think of, of being not able to do nothing is, is if, would have to be one of the most frustrating thoughts. You know, we're, we live in a very independent culture and, uh, we, we like our independence. We like to take care of ourselves, but to be dependent upon somebody else, to take care of even our personal needs is something that is, has to be one of the greatest adjustments of getting older. Again, it's a challenge as we think of waiting on the Lord. Again, adjusting our Utilizing the opportunities that God gives to us while we wait is, 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 a, is a way of sourcing God's strength and preparing us for the tasks that he has for us. The third thing that I notice or key is the idea of, it mentions there, of lifting up your eyes. Um, verse 26, lift up your eyes on high and behold who hath created the, who has created these things that bringeth out their host. Let's talk about the stars. Created their host by number, he calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Where am I looking to find my strength this morning? I have to think of uh, Daniel chapter 3 verse 16 where we have the three Hebrew boys who were called to answer for their resistance to bowing to King Nebuchadnezzar's challenge. And, uh, they, of course, you know, to me, that's, that's a, that's an illustration of commitment. Strong spiritual strength. If I am where God wants me to be, doing what God wants me to do, I can look to Him as the source of strength to face the test that I may encounter, just even as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. Do I, would I have that amount of strength? If I'm trusting God this morning, we, that God is the same. We can access that strength by lifting up our eyes to Him. David does it very well in Psalms 121. I'm going to read that in Terence Psalm. It's not a real long Psalm, but I think it, uh, only eight verses. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from, from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not sleep. Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall the Lord shall preserve thy going out, thy coming in from this time forth, and even forevermore. A very well worded psalm as you look at David's expression there. 
And we look at God's strength as we see it in, in the creation as he's describing it there. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. And he realizes that his help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Where am I looking for my source of strength, my connection? Am I looking to God? The fourth thing I think we need to realize is, as we look at uh, tapping into and sourcing God's strength, is we need to recognize our own weakness and our need of his strength. And that's in verse 29 and 30. He giveth power to the faint. We need to realize that we are faint. We cannot walk the Christian life alone. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. And again, he mentions those that are physically fit and young. The youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Number four is to recognize our weakness and our need of his strength. If we return to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 36, Jesus talks about there, he was teaching, and he said, We cannot make one hair white or black. Father Owen in chapter 6 verse 27 of the Sermon on the Mount, he said, who of you can add? Well, those are physical choices that we sometimes wish we could make. Change the color of our hair or change our height, thick or thin or tall or high. Uh, but you know, choices that will build our character, which is how God sees us, I believe is, is what is most important. Those choices are really secondary in nature as we think of the physical description that, that Jesus talked about there in the Sermon on the Mount. We we do have choices that will make us strong spiritually. We do have choices that will make us weak spiritually. We have those choices will come to us. Regardless of our physical size, we can be spiritual giants or we can also be spiritual midgets as well. And as I I thought about strength, you know, there's probably no discussion that uh as we think of spiritual strength, I thought of Samson, who is portrayed in the Bible as he, he portrayed strong physical strength for sure, and uh, somewhat of a controversial character. But he is listed in the the uh, Hall of Fame there, Hall of Faith there in Hebrews chapter eleven. But there's two phrases that come to my mind as I think of the example of of Samson, and uh, it's two phrases that maybe we could ask ourselves as well. And that's what if and in spite of. What if and in spite of. God used Samson. I believe Samson was there for a purpose and a time, even though there's we have a lot of questions about some of his choices. And that's what brings to mind those two phrases, what if and in spite of. Suppose Samson had been more committed. Suppose Samson had done made different choices. Uh, but in spite of that, God still used him in a very mighty way. And, uh, you know, if we, if we were to go back there to Judges, Judges 16 and verse 9, and it makes that one phrase, it, it makes this one play, one of the verses that makes this phrase says, so his strength was not known. So his strength was not known. It's when he kept leading him on, he did not reveal to them the true purpose and nature of, of the source of his strength. That it was his commitment to his vows, his Nazarite vows. And, uh, he played, played, you know, played along with him for quite a while. And it says, so his strength was not known. But you know, there's a sadder verse later on in that chapter in verse 16, verse 20, when he finally revealed the reason and the connection of, of the source of his strength. 
And it makes this phrase, it tells us this, it says, And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. And that's a very, very sad position to be in. Samson did not realize and take, Samson took for granted, I believe, that God's strength would always be there. And he could use it to his women, wish and will. And it was not so to be. And neither will it be for us. God, when we make our commitment to the Lord, I believe God expects us to be true to him. There may be some times that in spite of God, I believe is willing to overlook. But we need to realize that if we want to stay connected to that source of strength, we need to be true and faithful to him. Samson lived a careless downward spiral away from his God and his consecration and his purpose that God had for him. And he paid a very, very uh, high price for that. And then later on in chapter 16, again in verse 28, he says, O Lord God, remember me. And I pray, strengthen me. I pray thee only this once. And God answered that prayer of Samson. Samson, And he pulled down the pillars of that temple where they were worshiping and and, uh, their idols. And there was more uh, Philistines destroyed in Samson's death and his entire life. But again, that's, uh, that's a sad, as we think of, uh, uh, recognizing our weakness. And I think Samson failed to realize his weakness in, uh, and the source of his strength and his need for being true to his commitment to God. And it's something that challenges us, I believe, as we continue in our walk with the Lord, that we are, are so dependent upon God for our strength. The fifth thing that I notice in this passage here is uh, as we think of sourcing that strength or how does God give us that strength. And the fifth thing that I notice is that God oftentimes strengthens us through others. And this comes back to exactly what Davy was, was talking about. And actually, I had that example listed here in Exodus chapter 17. But if you look in chapter 41, now this is actually... Uh, if you look in Isaiah chapter 41, just ahead of where I read my, here in my text, I'm going to read verses uh, 1 through 10. Keep silence before me, O islands, and let the people renew their strength, and let them come near, then let them speak. Let us come near together to judgment. Who raised up the righteous man from the east, called him to his foot, gave the nations before him, and made him rule over kings. He gave them as the dust to his sword, and as driven stubble to his bow. He pursued them and passed safely, even by the way that he made not gone with that he that he had not gone with his feet. Who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and with the last, I am He. The isles saw it and feared, and the ends of the earth were afraid. Drew near and came. Now notice verse six. They helped every one his neighbor, and every one said to his brother, "Be of good courage." So the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith, and he that smoothed with a hammer, him that smoothed the anvil, saying, It is ready for the soldering. And he that fastened it with nails, that it should not be moved. But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my father, my friend. Thou, whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant. I have chosen thee, and not cast thee away. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with thy right hand of my righteousness. I believe God many times strengthens us through the help of others. And uh, sharing the load, as we 
see in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens. And uh, the example was mentioned of Moses and the battle against the Amalekites there in the devotional by Brother Davy. You know, you stop and look at all the components that were taking place there. You know, there was there was Moses, there was Aaron and her, and there was Joshua down in the battle, down in the valley, doing the doing the actual conflict. And beyond that, it wasn't just it wasn't just Joshua by himself. It was the whole the whole multitude of the Israelites, uh, the soldiers, them that were armed to to win the battle. And uh, I don't know if you noticed that or not, but you know, in Moses' hand was the rod of God. And to me, I think that's that's the source. That that's what made the difference. It wasn't Moses just simply holding his hands up there, but in his hand was the rod of God, and that's what made the difference. And as 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 Moses aunt, Moses' arms grew tired and began to sag, and Aaron and her got underneath and supported them, it was it was keeping that banner, that rod of God up. That that I believe was the source and the connection for the strength for the conflict in the valley down below. That Joshua was. Uh, was sweating out. So I don't know this morning what kind of strength you're going to need. Uh, I'd like you to tap into that source of strength this morning. Um, you know, I thought of Caleb, you know, after the conflict there with the children of Israel. How old was he? Was he 90-some years old? And he said, give me this mountain. And... Uh, you know, the, it was a conflict that needed to be won. It was not an easy, uh, I'm not sure what prompted Caleb to ask for that portion of, uh, possession. But, uh, I think he had confidence that God would give him the strength to, to, to win that mountain and possess it. So I don't know whether you've got a, a battle going on in the valley or you got a mountain to, uh, to, uh, win or exactly what God is calling you to in your life. But uh, I think these five things are keys to helping us to source his strength. And that is know God, wait on him. And again, waiting does not mean doing nothing. It means developing in a relationship with him. Lift up your eyes to him. And uh, fourth, we need to recognize our own weakness. And then fifth, I think we need to uh, be willing to share in others' uh, difficulties as well. I want to uh, recommend God as the source of all strength this morning. And uh, as we journey in our Christian walk with him, tap into that source of strength for victory in your Christian lives. Shall we stand for prayer? Lord, we want to thank you for this opportunity to gather as your children this morning. Pray your blessing on each one that is here. Pray, Father, that your, uh, they would source you as their strength and uh, learn to know you and uh, wait on you and experience uh, their uh, need of you in weakness and uh, trusting you in faith. Uh, you know what each one of us are going to face in the next day or the next week, Lord, but uh, we know that each one of us are special to you and uh, you want to impart to us a portion of your strength to go through whatever lies ahead. We pray, Father, that we would learn to trust you and uh, walk with you and experience your strength in a very practical way. It's easy to talk about and easy to read, but, Lord, we know that 
to feel your strength in our experiences is something that is, is personal, is something that uh, empowers us to face each day in our walk and our relationship with you. We pray, Father, you would uh, suit a blessing to each one here this morning. Pray for Delvin and Christy, you would bless them and as they go through their experience that you would, uh, they would sense your uh, nearness to them and uh, be with the rest of our congregation that are gone and serving other areas that they experience that as well too. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.